Hi everyone, this is Coach Connor. Hi everyone, this is Coach Ashley. And this is the Healthy Coaches Podcast. So, Ash, let's just get straight into an intro here to bring everyone up to speed. Mm -hmm. This is our first podcast now for three and a half years. And obviously it was myself, yourself and Roisin doing the podcast, We're the Healthy Coaches. And we've uh, kind of fallen off a cliff, so to speak. (laughs) We've all been through uh, unbelievable journeys, all three of us, throughout the last three and a half years. And... um, Today is just going to be about you. We said we'd start off. You're kind of the scapegoat here. Oh, not me. <laughs> to, give, to give your story first. So for those of you out there who know anything about healthy coaches, you obviously know Coach Ashton. She created uh, Flat to Me Mummy with Dr. Teresa. She created um, the 30-Day Ab Challenge. She was also the head coach for Booty Camp for Flat to Me Mummy in our studio as well, head coach in the studio. And um, she was the lead uh, podcaster as well for us. So... Ashling was uh, extremely involved in the healthy coaches. She's really bigging me up there. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> and, um, but you've kind of gone silent for the last three, three and a half years. So it's really um, going to be exciting. Well, I've heard your story. Here's here's the gist. Even if you know Ashling, even if you don't know Ashling, okay, this what Ashling is going to bring us through is what she's been up for up to for the last three and, a, three and a half years. Now, I've heard this story and it is one of the wildest, craziest roller coasters that I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, so if if that sounds interesting, get yourself a tea or a coffee, uh, get get yourself some warmth, some warmth, and wrap yourself up for some amazing for an amazing journey Buckle here together. Buckle your seatbelts. Buckle your seatbelts. That's what I was looking for. Um, so with that being said, I think the best thing, Ash, is um, to hand things over to you. Yeah. And you can kind of start us off, and I'll interject whenever I can. But we'll just go from there if that sounds okay. That sounds great. So I think we'll go through it the the best way to do this is in a timeline sense to try and bring people up to speed in a uh in a way that people can follow along so yeah oh yeah and before you do that just in case there are people who don't know us and don't know the story a basic summary of where we're at guys is that ashing and i ashing's my sister we've been working together in health and wellness since 2012 we started up um the healthy coaches we started up many of our programs our most popular program was called booty camp which we ran for about four or five years we'd online courses and we also had a studio um, in Dublin and then that ran all the way up to 2017 we had a podcast we had lots of the programs and then Ashling moved away to Luxembourg uh, for a variety of reasons and she's still over there at the moment and now we're into 2021 so there's uh, from 2007 from the middle the last podcast Ash did with us was in uh, the summer of 2017 mm-hmm. three and a half years ago and um, so that's kind of bringing us up to a summary of where we are today. And now we're really getting, we're trying to come back now and bring back in, Ash into the Healthy Coaches because she's ready to do that. And so this is kind of like an update of yes. where Ash has been and the journey that she's been through. And there'll be so many different important learnings in this. This is not just Ash's story. When she was telling me her story, just the amount of reflections that she's done, the amount of learnings that she's done, not just in health and wellness, but emotional development, um, mm-hmm. so many different areas. It's just, it's such an important story to listen to. Mm-hmm. So that's why I really wanted this to be our first podcast back. I felt like this is the most important one. Yeah. So that's the summary. And now over to you. Now uh, over to me. It all rests on my shoulders. Yeah, yes, exactly. Um, Okay, well, um, I suppose we need to go back um, about five or six years ago to, um, I have it written down, it's it, the first part of the timeline for me is the dream studio. So yeah. um, 
as Connor said, we started up doing booty camp first together uh, and we got those classes running here in our uh, local area where we grew up in League Slip. And that developed very, very quickly. Um, we branched out then into Dublin and started doing uh, classes freelance in Dublin. And then um, we decided a few years after that with Dr. Teresa that we would set up a studio in Dublin. Mm. So the three of us together um, decided that we would uh, build up this studio. Uh, we rented just an empty space um, and myself and Teresa designed it together from top to bottom. We kitted it out with the best equipment available. We chose the colours for the walls. We chose the furniture. We, I mean, redesigned the whole bathroom uh, in there. I mean, we just made it really like the dream studio that we yeah. that we always wanted. Yeah, everyone so, who will go to the studio would say, this is the best studio I've ever been in my life. Like, this yeah. is the best studio in Ireland, people yeah. say. And it was unbelievable the job you did. Like, it yeah. was, we, we really put everything into it. Yeah, it was yeah. it was really a gorgeous studio. So our dream came true really with how the studio turned out. Yeah. Um I mean in terms of of what it could be, it was it was the best that it could be for us. Um so around the same time uh, that the studio was built, uh, my boyfriend at the time was really itching to leave the country and to go and work abroad, the same as many Irish people um in their early mid 20s would be at that time. Um so this idea of leaving Ireland for me, um, especially just after putting in so much work into creating the studio, um, really kind of knocked my stress out of the park because I couldn't, I couldn't visualize myself just mm. leaving the country after doing all of that work. Um, so, uh, I suppose I yeah, should you're really. Two, you're two huge forces pulling at you in different directions, didn't you, Ash? Because. Yeah. The studio obviously is a physical location here here in Dublin, like and yeah. you you'd invested not only so you were working with me, but previous to me you had were already in fitness and wellness. You had done spent a year doing uh, um, specialising in Pilates. You were already on this trek yourself. This was like your career your career, so to speak. Yeah. And um we'd built up a huge following there and we were building up this huge studio but that was obviously a physical location so mm -hmm. that was a huge part of your life but then on the other side you had your boyfriend who wanted to move away yeah. from Ireland so exactly. it's like this is a huge stress for you because yeah. I mean you've got your career on one side and your boyfriend on the other exactly and we had been together for quite a long time so for me it just seemed like a natural yeah. progression to want to move with my other half of course that's to another always country. priority isn't it really yeah to, Absolutely. Uh, so and I, the fear for me then was that, you know, he would move to another country. I'd stay in Ireland and I just knew that I couldn't do that long distance relationship thing. So yeah. and how long had you been together at this stage? Maybe about maybe maybe five and a half or six years. Yeah, so at I mean, that stage. I mean, this is not this is a real serious. This is, you know, you're probably thinking this is the person I'm going to be with for the rest of my life type of thing. So, yeah. Now, I suppose I should mention as well. In that stage, uh, Teresa and I uh, were in the midst of creating the most important program of our lives. Well, one yeah, of for Tre yeah. Teresa has created phenomenal programs, but the program that we were in the middle of creating in the studio at that stage was one of the most important programs that I'd ever created in my whole life, mm -hmm. which was our Flat to Me Mummy program. Um, now, the basis for creating the studio was really to facilitate the Flat to Me Mummy program 
the idea that we had in our heads long term is that we would be facilitating um, primarily um, uh, women who were about to give birth, planning to give birth, and then the postnatal aspect of, of yeah. uh, supporting those women. Yeah. So that's really what the Flat Tummy Mummy program was yeah. about. Um, yeah, because, I mean, obviously Tracy's been doing uh, working with, uh, her background is in gynecology. She's been working with pregnant mums for... 30 odd years and then you had you have been working with that demographic too starting yeah. in pilates into booty camp then working with Teresa, then working with mums in the studio so combined combining the experience you had between the two of you maybe 30 or 40 years experience yes. working with this cohort and all of that experience was now coming into this program yes which exactly. was a huge undertaking altogether exactly the project was really it was incredibly difficult uh, because it was just so intricate yeah um and there was so much learning for me to do uh in order to kind of get that program to a stage where it would be um palatable enough for um a regular person off the street to come in and do it now mm what was involved in that program was um the reason that it was so intricate was um Teresa is as you mentioned gynecologist a medical doctor surgeon yeah, yeah. so she had learned and gathered all of these principles uh, and teachings and uh, expertise throughout her whole life yeah. and was now finally taking all of those things yes. and putting them into uh, this program to make it the ultimate pelvic floor program for women um mm pre-birth but also also post-birth now the reason that it was so revolutionary con is because normally we would think of pelvic floor work as just doing kegels and yeah. clenching your bum and squeezing your bum but Teresa had brought in this concept that was so different yeah. to anything that i had ever heard so to actually um be able to translate Teresa's teachings yeah. to then be able to pass it on to uh, just a regular mom a regular mm. woman um, I was then the piece in that that had to translate that information and work it into uh, work it into a program yeah. that would actually work for people and a program that they would actually understand yeah. so the program was hugely it, to, to get that program finally finished yeah. um, and to to get the modules written mm. to get the modules um, videoed yeah. uh, to build it into a whole program was, uh, was an incredible piece of work yeah and um, hugely stressful hugely stressful con yeah. um yeah but anything that's worth doing like that it, it take it almost takes the life out of you you know Those, to get yeah. it done yeah because not only um you know i i would have had a lot of conflict with you i would have yeah. had a lot of conflict with Teresa because yeah we we would all have our own opinions on how Absolutely. something should be you, done you had so much going on ash you had building up the studio from scratch you had your still day-to-day -day job which you yeah. were doing in booty camp and teaching classes and your uh, role around being the manager of the studio. So you still had your full-time job, building up a studio, creating an entirely new program from scratch. Yeah. With no, like this is this is a revolutionary program because you mentioned Teresa was a medical doctor, but then she left the medical field and spent maybe 10 to 15 years traveling around the world, working with the best experts in the world, in the world, in their fields. You know, some of the experts she worked with, like for example, she went to Switzerland to work with the number one pelvic floor expert in the world, Benita Cantinini, learned everything from her. Yeah. She went to Prague to work with um, the, the dynamic neuromuscular stabilization people over there to learn about um, how movement is developed from, mm. from, from the neonatal period and uh, developmental 
kinesiology, which are big words, but basically, guys, the point is she went to all these experts to figure out all of these really important wellness principles because mm-hmm. Teresa comes from the medical background and she wants to learn more about wellness as well. So the point with that is she was taking all of this experience from the medical community and the wellness community and putting it into this program for mums. And the reason that we, we really want to support mums is because in all of our experience, both Ashling, Teresa and myself, what we've come to discover is that family health and wellness is the core to everything and the number one person we feel that we have to support when it comes to family health and wellness is the mother because she's the greatest undertaking she has to go through the pregnancy period she has all these other stressors going on so we felt if we could support mum in her role then she would be able to support her family and then that would create healthy families yeah so all of this pressure was coming down on on ashton in particular because she had so many um juggle or balls to juggle at the time yeah exactly so um with that being said then i suppose um what came then con was um uh, my ex-boyfriend then asked me if i'd like to move to canada yeah so we had just about almost finished the flat to me mummy program yes and then the next thing that came down the line was the mm. canada situation mm. So he asked me if I would like to go there with him. Um, I had never even looked into uh, Canada as a country where I could work, where yes. I could live. Um, nothing. So it just kind of came out of the blue. Um, so I had a few days to think about it uh, before. And did you uh, have any, like motivations to go yourself, or was more your ex boyfriend's? Uh, no. Well, see, I'm more of a homebird con, and yeah. especially. Uh, so he was driving that kind of idea. Yeah, 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 and I suppose, um, you know, it was it's it's not an idea really that kind of came out of the blue because so many other people were doing it at that time. Yeah, so normal enough. It was an, yeah a normal idea to do, but okay. Um. So well, I had a few days to think about that before I even decided to mention it to you because well we had put our heart and soul into building yeah, well, the studio I probably studio. wouldn't have been too happy here well that. I was absolutely <laughs> definitely scared uh, to say oh yeah by I'm the like, way what are you guys? talking about we've <laughs> yeah. been doing this for years and all the money we put into the studio are you crazy exactly I was absolutely <laughs> I like scared I that's like stressing yeah, balls myself it was just such a chicken shit about it because <laughs> you know and, and with Teresa as well, and I have so much respect you know for Teresa and, mm. and the amount of work that we did together yeah um you know, if it felt like I would just, I just thought that you would just look at me, the two of you, and say, you know, what the fuck? Well, is? we were putting. <coughs> sorry to interject here. Excuse me. We were putting a lot of responsibility on your shoulders too, because we trusted you, and because you had such a, you were so talented and good at your job. So you were kind of like our partner, not yeah. our employee. You were a partner in the studio. So if you can imagine, like you're, we're investing all this time and energy and effort yeah. into basically our lives into this so if one of the you know we're, we're almost like a three-legged stool type of thing yeah and if one of the legs of the stool goes then the whole thing goes yeah absolutely so that's, why well, that's was... the way i felt i said it would be like a breakup of a band do you know what i mean yeah yeah you know exactly. like it's the same as you know uh take that or five yeah. or s club it's like it's like it's like one leave and then the whole thing kind yeah. of crashes and i didn't yeah. want that so <laughs> but i also felt con then that my relationship was on the line so uh, well, that's the thing Ash and that has to take pre- precedence over everything yeah so um, 
so uh, you know I I just as I said before I knew I wouldn't be able to cope with the long distance so I had to make a decision uh, with this so I call this then the make it or break it conversation Um, you know one day we were in your house and then I decided to tell you my thoughts about leaving Um, now I should add that I had also discussed uh, just well we had we had also discussed using the studio um, to make as many po- videos as possible and then to build our library and then eventually you know in in a few years to come maybe move away from the studio and then just yeah. move everything remotely go online so yeah. I had kind of had that idea in my head and I was you know speaking with you I was saying well maybe I can just work remotely and I'll have my my library of videos built yeah. up and then I can still manage my clients online so I mean, not all was really lost for me in that. So I still had that that backup plan too. Um, but when I mentioned that I was leaving the country, um, uh, that was kind of then, I suppose, the catalyst for us to wind up the studio really and then really kind of go, yeah. you know, all in on moving everything remotely. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, have our, have our library built up. Um, and then I suppose that moved us more into the healthy coaches then con so maybe yes. you might want to actually go back and just say from your point of view then when i told you what your idea was yeah well i mean this is not so important to the story your particular story but i'll just say a few little bits because um don't want to get too deep into this but we had been transitioning from working with um like booty camp for example was fitness classes boot camp classes we were very class oriented and we had all of our nutritional materials but while we were doing all of those uh, fitness classes and stuff we were taking all the classes and putting them online and it was extremely successful and we had our online groups and our online communities and I would say, Ash, although there is, it, it's fantastic, you really do need a community in person. I was very surprised with how effective the online community would be because mm. our members would be hopping on Facebook, they would be posting their meals, yeah. they would be chatting to each other, supporting each other. Mm. What we learned really was, although our program was so effective, like, don't get me wrong, we I, I do think we did a good job with our workouts and our nutrition plans. Yeah. I think something that made our programs really very very good was was the interaction of our community oh my god a hundred percent and the support network because I, I i found myself that for for pretty much everyone your support network will determine a lot of your results when it comes to this type of stuff so we had the idea that eventually we would be putting everything online and the studio would be a place where we could record all our materials so a lot of those are up online now um this is a completely random tangent but i a lot of them are for free everything's for free now we do like yeah. put everything for free it's on you you can go to the healthy coaches and our resources page you can find our programs mm-hmm. and you'll find links to udemy which our programs are up there you can find ashton's three-day abs you can find flat to me mum you can find booty camp all for free up there and um so that was our our, our idea in terms of our content yeah. now our idea in terms of how we wanted to work with people moving forward was to transition from instructors to coaches this is a complete like it will take me a little bit to explain this actually i don't want to do it in this podcast yeah but what we kind of figured out was in order to in order for someone to have long-term change they really need a coach Mm -hmm. what we what we found would happen with our ladies would be if they came to class 
and they stuck in our community they would have good results but as soon as some life event got in the way and they couldn't come to class or a big stressor came into their life and it would happen it happens to me too it happens to us all we often revert back yeah. to our old behaviors our old life yeah so we, and it's not having the tools yeah, you don't the have tools, the tools and skills to, to deal with that. Exactly, and that's what being a coach is. So yeah. we started coaching then, which is more working on an individual basis. Yeah. Before then, we were working in groups, which, again, don't get me wrong, it is fantastic working in groups. You get a group camaraderie, you get your support system. Support system, yeah, absolutely. But we felt that by working on one-on-one coaching we could work with the uh, we could focus our attention exactly in on the specific needs that 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 individual need uh, has yes work on all of the areas that they have and then they would have the skills that you said to last them for the rest of their life so that they could keep themselves healthy and well for the rest of their lives and they wouldn't need us Mm -hmm. the idea of coaching is actually to help someone coach themselves themselves exactly um so that's where we were transitioning to and we knew that we could do coaching online so so the the plan was to always go online but the studio was still a big part of our plans at this time so um with that being said con so i equipped myself then with the tools to be able to help uh yeah. the ladies remotely so that was it for me uh the healthy coaches kicked off uh and then it was like well pack your bags but surprise <laughs> you're not going to canada you're going to luxembourg so canada this is just bringing people up to speed con. <laughs> canada is old news now at this stage by the time uh by the time that i had gotten the visa uh to go to canada sorted and all that yes. stuff and in yes. my mind i had I was mentally preparing myself to go to Canada. Yeah. And then my ex-boyfriend, um, just out of the blue, got a, a job transfer to Luxembourg. Yeah. So then call me one day. major change. <laughs> Another major change. <laughs> You're just, yeah, oh my God. <clears throat> yeah, and then so he called me one day and said, what do you think about moving to Luxembourg? Mm. And I said, Luxembourg. I said, Jesus, I wonder, you know, where in Belgium is that? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, look some who? L- look some who? So, first thing I did was, you know, got out Google Maps, how to look, and uh, yeah. I was like, okay, um, right, that's a whole nother um, mental shift, I suppose. Mm. Um, so, despite all the move, uh, talking about moving to Canada, getting the visa, doing all that shit, um, the goalpost had now changed. Yeah, big time. Um, big age, yeah. Yes. So, uh, the first thing I had to do um, then was it was not making a decision again, but I kind of I went back and I asked myself, well, you know, if Luxembourg is in Europe, do I really have to now leave Ireland, or can I maybe give myself a little bit more time? Uh, Ash, just one important part of the story that I don't know if you're going to get to but I think it's important to start here or to interject here is that when you I can't like we'll go through my journey and stuff another time of course in my podcast but I just know that when you when we were investing all this time look bottom line is you and I had a major falling out was the point I'm trying to make and I think a lot of that well different reasons but one of part of that obviously was that you were saying you were moving so we'd invested so much time energy and effort mm. into into 
I mean, you had done it into your career and, and what we're doing, but we had put so much uh, trust and responsibility on your shoulder. So you now saying you were gone, I was like under un- unbelievable stress because you were the manager of the studio, like I was off doing other projects that were yeah. important. So I, the reason I want to say this is it's another huge stressor in your life because you and I, you know, just for just to remind our listeners, we had a very good relationship with brother and sister, but we were working together on a daily basis, I'd say, since 2012 mm. till 2016. Yeah. So for four years, we were working together on a daily basis, and now all of a sudden, we have this huge event happening where we're not talking, and there's huge tension there. Yes. And stress. And that is another thing that you deal with at that yeah. time. That was really, that for me was, um, mm. well, not only because of the brother and sister relationship, but we we had built, in my eyes, like our own little um, empire together. Do yeah, you know what uh, I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's probably why I was like so upset with the whole thing, because I thought that, well, I can't like, again, don't want to get too deep into what I was thinking at the time, but that was now all breaking down because you were moving out of the country. Yes. So it's a, it was a huge kind of breakup. Yes. So look, we were having our little breakup. As oh, well yeah, as, definitely. You know, as well and as breakups I, to come. You know, and then, sorry, Con, just, I just want to say there real quick um, on that. So so we had that massive fallout before um, I eventually went to Luxembourg. But what, what Connor did is he facilitated me. So it was almost like uh, Connor wanted to you know pack up my tools and put them in the toolbox for me so to speak to enable me to go to Luxembourg to be able to do the healthy coaches so we had done we had done a lot of work together it was very funny even though we had a massive falling out Connor uh, uh, just wanted to make sure that I would be okay by going to Luxembourg Mm. to be able to carry on the healthy coaches so we had one final project together uh, to do um, to ensure that the the healthy coaches program would be set up for me to go to Luxembourg, yes. but it's so funny because I I made this jo- I made this joke to you the other right. day, um <laughs> because when I look back on it now, oh it's even sick to look back on it because it was so fractious at the time, yes, and so dis the relationship was so distant but still had yeah. to be business together, you yeah. know, <laughs> and I was like I was very emotional at the time and you were emotionally unavailable to me right, at that stage. Right, yeah. And so I was, I was still freaking out because this was the the coaching was very new to me. So the one on one was very new. I was very used to having my little community coming in in terms of the classes, the ladies coming in, me teaching a group, having a laugh, having a chit chat, making sure everybody was was grand and enjoying themselves. Um. So I said to you, I was like. Um, you said I think the final kind of party was well that's it now you're grand you have the tools now to go off and he was like you don't have to do anything with it or you can be very success- successful if you want to and help a lot of people yeah. and I was like oh my god uh, I don't have that was our parting gift the was, parting words yeah, that, was like, that was like the parting gift I was like gift. we're done now Goodbye. we're done now see ya <laughs> So, so it was a breakup, basically. So that was uh, it. Yeah, very traumatic on both of us, and um, extremely uh, traumatic on you, obviously. And look, it is what it is. We'll get we'll get yeah. into those stories again. We'll keep going on your journey for now. So the situation, Con. Then let's bring people back up to speed and get them back onto the timeline. So yeah. the decision now was made uh, to go to Luxembourg for okay. me. So I was okay, packing my bags and on my way. Yes. Um. So then I had the online. And business. just for our listeners out there, like to give them a bit of context, your ex boyfriend then wanted to go there. What was his motivation? Was it work related, travel related? Just kind of, I think people are interested in things like that. Yeah, I think um. Uh, 
the main motivation was to be in a country where he could still uh, develop himself professionally. So that was okay. very attractive. Okay. Uh, to live in another country, to mm. get away from, uh, you know, the same place that, 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 that you've been your whole life, where you've grown up, uh, you know, living with your parents. That's all very attractive to go yeah. to a new country, to finally have your own independence, to see new things, mm-hmm. uh, you know, travel around i suppose that's all very attractive yeah, to, to people enough. in their early 20s mid 20s so um and then to, to be able to still develop yourself professionally and so to yeah. get a job in you know what you studied in college i mean that's i suppose a dream for a lot of people if that's what you yeah. want to do so you're in your that's a good point you're in your mid 20s now at this stage yeah yeah okay. yeah so i went on um over there with the healthy coaches business uh ready to go so i had a few i had let me just say that i had a few months here where I got a few clients so yes. I had a few clients uh, that I was already managing before I went to Luxembourg uh, online so got a few ladies in and I was I was coaching them um, and uh, I was going to be going to work Luxembourg to to work from home before yes. it was fashionable so now it's very fashionable to work <laughs> yeah, from you're home. ahead of the game but I was uh, mm, you're yeah. so far ahead of the game you're not in it anymore <laughs> 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 uh. so so here I was then uh, in our new apartments, new beginnings, new life, new business, yeah. you know, leaving home for the first time, leaving the country for the first time in terms of yeah, living somewhere It's exciting somewhere time else. at the same time. It's frightening but exciting. Lots of different emotions. Yeah, exactly. Um, so all new prospects, mm. uh, loving life, ready to go. And then it all came crashing down. Right. You know, but it, it didn't all come crashing down straight right. away. It was more like a slow... Right, okay, well, bring us through that, because that sounds interesting. So, when I moved over there, Con, um, I don't know if many people, many of our uh, listeners will have been to Luxembourg before, but it's a very small country, so it's it's almost like just a city, right? It's a very, very small country. So I got over there, I arrived over in uh, in November, right? So in the depths of coming into winter time. yes. So it was very dark, dreary. Now I don't, I don't want to sell Luxembourg short here well, either. Well, no timeline. This is three. This is three years ago. Now, this isn't is it? three years three or ago. Two months. Three years and two months ago. Just to bring yeah. our listeners up to yeah. up to speed. No. Four, no. Four, four, four years, years ago. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. Four November years. four years. Yeah. Yeah. November four, four years. years. Wow. Oh yeah. my gosh. Four years and two months ago. Okay. Yes. So yeah. I arrived uh, there November four years ago. Yes. Um, as I said, uh, winter time. Um, not much, not much doing there. It was, yeah, you and, know, pretty and your dark boy, and dreary. Your, your ex-boyfriend had his job sorted, and all he that. had so his he job integrated sorted. into society. Yes. pretty straight away. Well, what I always say, Con, is even in even if you're working in in a corporate job or in a, in a large company or a small company, to me, it's all community. So when you yes. when you when you go into a ready-made community, um, that can. I'm talking in terms of even nervous system here that can yeah. kind of put you uh, a little bit more at ease when you go into something that's ready made like that, you know, because you're introduced to people, uh, yeah. you're making friends, you have already kind of a ready made community. So when I got to Luxembourg, I didn't have any of that. No, I just had my laptop completely on your own. And what was his job then? Doing? So he was um, doing accountancy in a, in a corporate, in corporate, a corporate situation. Yeah. In a yeah, realm. yeah. Yeah. So, so he basically went back to a somewhat normal life, whereas yeah. your life had completely 
left your left your family left your friends left your career i know you're still doing the health we're moving in but we're moving into a new business altogether like it's within the same realm it's still health and wellness but you are making these enormous changes friends family home work everything changed for you even the word community um it's defined uh, as a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic interest or attitude in common. Oh. So I didn't have Tell any me more, of that. Socrates. Yes. You love that. Here to educate you mostly. Yes, so, that's good. Um, so yeah, so I didn't have any of that. I didn't have anything in terms of what a community means. Yes. Um. Yeah, that's so, that's really difficult. Oh my, that's that's terrifying. Yeah. Be totally like now I had yeah. my ladies who I was coaching but in terms yes. in terms con of um I had no integration in this society you had no like face to face yes I had no you're working face-to-face. online your only face to face is your is your boyfriend at this time your ex-boyfriend yeah. like so yeah so in actual fact that leads me on to a lovely little anecdote here yeah. uh, about this so I felt incredibly lonely and sad of I mean course, yeah. so Genius. so just I felt like kind of ostracized mm. um mm. Uh, just the the, I never had this before in my life where I craved, um, human interaction so much. Yeah. The craving for human interaction was so massive for me. Yeah. So what I used to do, right, and and <laughs> this is funny when I think back on it, I was even terrified, um, to to leave the house. Uh, I did. I I was terrified of getting lost. I was terrified of yeah. uh. I don't know, just be, just being even feeling more alone in the city. Because when you're in the city and you see other people, you're you're confronted with people chatting to each other and couples walking around together and friends. And so I kind of just wanted to stay mostly by myself. Mm. So what I used to do, Con, was I used to go outside my apartment and I'd take a bus. Uh, and now the, bu- the, the bus ride into the city was about seven minutes or something like okay. that. So in order to make sure that I didn't get lost or anything like that, that I mostly French speakers as well, by the way, I have to say over yeah. there or German speakers. So I didn't want to have to be asking anybody uh, yeah, anything. Yeah, a country with another language and everything. <laughs> yeah. So I would yeah. hop on the bus for the seven minute drive so into scary. the city. And there was a small little bar that was just, just before you were heading into the middle of the city, there was a small mist, uh, uh, bar there called Mr. Dixon's, right? Okay. So I got to the stage where I craved uh, somebody <laughs> to talk to me so bad right. that I used to get the seven minute bus in, get off. It was just just one stop, yeah. just one stop, get off the bus and uh, go into Mr. Dixon's and order a glass of red wine. No way. And just uh, take a table outside and just sit there until somebody would talk to me. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my God. I just used to sit there and drink a few glasses of red wine. Just, just I was hoping that somebody would just even... I don't know. Yeah. Ask is somebody taking that chair? No, yeah. nobody's taking the chair. You can sit down. <laughs> just any bit of social just, interaction at all. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, any little bit at all. That's I was wild. just, you know. So there were, those were my days at Mr. Dixon's. Wow. Um sitting down drinking my wine. Yeah. Um so con uh, this kind of uh loneliness um and pain and craving for uh, and did that hit you straight away when you get, went over there, Ash? Because, no. you know, you didn't go over on your own. You were with your ex-boyfriend. So I'm just thinking, like, if I was with someone, you, you would think that you wouldn't be too lonely. So, like, how did that... 
Well, why was why were you so lonely? Like, well, I think Con, when you're alone in the house all day and you know that your other half is at work talking mm. to people, okay. interacting, maybe coming home telling you stories from work. Um, okay. I mean, I I remember even when he would come home from work and I would be so ramped up to need all of his attention uh or even just to offload yeah, oh, or no, i get I, it now yeah i was uh, talking nonsense there just yeah 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 sure look as i said when i when i think back to your life prior to luxembourg you were interacting with people all day long yeah yeah you know so of course like it's such a change of your environment mm. and your life. So yeah, no, it makes, yeah. makes sense. Makes I couldn't sense. deal with that. I couldn't deal no, with just course, not having yeah. My, yeah. My, my, my chats with people yeah, and all that stuff. And then at the time he, I suppose, felt a, a lot of pressure for me because, you know, yeah. then I would demand, I would need to have yes. somebody there that I could fit all of those hours worth of, of, he had to of chatting to. fulfill all of your needs then, which is a tricky situation. Exactly, exactly. So, and I, I completely um, relied on him yes. to talk to him about everything, yeah. you know, which isn't healthy either um, because... They yeah. cannot. They cannot possibly fulfill all of those needs, especially after doing a full day's work. Yeah. You know already. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not a good situation. No. So. Um, yeah. That can kind of, I suppose, that's a good segue now into into the next uh, part of this story on the timeline. So I would say, um, I would say that that was even just in the first few weeks there. Up, you know. Uh, for about the first month, even that I started feeling that feeling that massive pain, that that already kicked in very quickly okay. for me. But then the pain manifested into something else. It was, um, I think it was then it manifested into this hopelessness. Right. Um. So at least with the pain, I could kind of, uh, I could identify maybe why I was feeling sad. But then. Um, I think with that prolonged pain, then it kind of it manifested itself into me feeling not just pain about not being able to talk to people or interact with people, but then mm. it turned inward, mm. uh, and then I started uh, feeling very depressed about myself. Yeah. Then that I wasn't any good. Uh. I was no use. Uh, yeah. I I couldn't make any friends. Yeah. Uh, even though it's so funny because you tell all of these things to yourself at the time, but a lot of it, it wasn't my fault either that I couldn't make friends because I, yeah. I, I had no outlet to meet people. But you went into a depression. You went into my me- depression. Me- mental, uh, psychological illness, emotional illness. Yes. Like you went into illness now. Now yeah. you're sick, basically. Yeah, so Not sick. Not physically, but you're mentally and emotionally sick. Yeah. For whatever reasons, we can psychoanalyze till the cows come home, but it just is you've had this event happen and you've all of these things that we've already said that have cumulated into yeah. this sickness now. Yes. And you probably can't, you know, I've had terrible depressions too, which we'll get to my story another day, but you, when this is going on, you don't know what's going on. And as you said, you get into self-thoughts that there's something wrong with you. Yeah. You don't realise you're sick. 
Yeah. Your th- your thoughts aren't, oh, I'm sick. Your thoughts are, I'm there's something really wrong with me, or I'm yeah. not good enough, or I'm negative self talk, this, that, and the other thing. So you can't identify it. Yeah. What's going on? 100%. And I had no remedy for that. I had no remedy yeah. Yeah. because I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know how to fix it. So, um, this that not having any remedy led me on to um uh so this is a bit of a difficult part to talk about because yeah, this is okay. also feels very sh- uh, yeah. not, not it doesn't feel shameful anymore but i it's uh, when i'm when i'm talking about this it brings me it brings me right back to the moment which which yes. made me feel very ashamed of this thing that i started doing to myself so yes. um in order to uh to start to feel some sort of a comfort um when i would be alone in in the house I would um I would start eating as yes. much as I could. So I'd start these crazy binges. Yes. And I used to I used to go uh, to the local supermarket and buy as much shit as possible. Mm. Anything I wanted, anything that I thought would give me a little bit of co- a little yes, a little hug. Comfort. A, a li- internal a li- hug. A little whatever. internal hug, a yeah. little bit of comfort. Uh I pick it up put it in the basket um mm. i go home i'd stuff my face i pack my face mm. stuff my face as as quickly and as much as possible i'd eat as much food yes. as i could get my hands yes. on things kind of that you wouldn't even eat with other yeah. things you know Good like matter. cheese chocolate all yeah, ice cream to block out the pain just it didn't even matter how it, it all matter. tasted together yes. it was just i was just trying to get it into my mouth as quickly as possible yes. and into my stomach yeah. so um that then would lead me so then i would feel uh, a distraction with, by 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 binging so the binge was a distraction for me mm-hmm. and then you know as as quick as all that was done then this massive wave of shame and guilt would come over me again yeah. and then I would then find myself with my head over the toilet bowl, fingers down my throat, puking everything up Yeah. Um. and that then actually was a massive release again so yes. that was like, you know, expelling the pain out of my system yes. so um, that, that binge and, and well that was something just that I never knew you were telling me this story before I just remember you explained this process to me that I'd never heard it before so I have heard of uh, bulimia and these different eating disorders where there is a binging process and a purging process but I never understood you explained to me before that I totally got that when you eat it's like an internal hug mm. and you're blocking it it blocks out the pain but what you also explained to me too is that there's a secondary process to this that's a release of pain, which is when you're actually purging, when you're actually making yourself yeah. sick, that's another release of pain. And I, I That kind of blew my mind because I'd never heard that before, but it makes total sense because all of our emotions are stored in our in our stomach. Yeah. That's where our emotions are. So if you could imagine all of those emotions curling up, boiling up, cooking up in your stomach and then you're eating food and the food is mixing with all of those juices and emotions and then you actually purge out all of that yeah. boil and all of that undigested food some of those bad emotions are probably mixed up in all of that yeah. excretion yeah and that's getting some of that pain out as well exactly so you know that to me it was like whoa i totally get that more now why that's such a common behavior yes for people who are in pain 
Yeah, and you know, I mean, that that cycle, Connor, as bad as it is, as bad as the binging, as bad as the bulimia is, the mm. binging and the purging cycle. Oh, it and was... I think, sorry, this, I know I'm interjecting here, but I think this is a hugely important part that we forgot to mention. You had explained this to your ex-boyfriend years previously that this is a behavior didn't you or did you at this stage yes yes i'm a bit woolly on the story myself here yes but you were doing this in i mean obviously everyone does this in secret but now you can you explain that a little bit because i think that's really important here yes we can we yeah we can definitely go back to that no 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 we we can definitely look at that so we had a situation i I just think that's important for our listeners here uh, ashling because we we I don't we still don't have a clear picture of what's going on with you and your and your ex boyfriend here at the moment because I understand the changes that you've gone through the massive changes but you still have your ex boyfriend there or you, you know who 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 you're together at this time and we would think that that would be a support now I know you're you're dragging out of him that's not the right word but I know you're you're trying to get all your needs met by him but it's not as if you're on your own here mm. in this country for sure. You've moved over, new language, left your family, left your friends. I'm not mm. saying it's not an unbelievably stressful uh, time, but at least you have your 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 partner there with you to give you a bit of support. So what's going on there during the beginning stages of with your partner here? Is he not giving you the support? Or and the reason I bring up the telling him this before is that can you tell us? I'm 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 meandering here a little bit because I actually don't know the ins and outs of everything. But why are you? not getting the support from him at this time or what's going on there type of thing i mean i suppose well there was two things to address there really um the first time that i i had told him this this connor was a mechanism for me um in my life for when i would be stressed out in periods where i would be very stressed out and I felt like I would have no control over the situation. Yeah. The bulimia part for me was a, a part that I could control and be able to have some sort of respite or relief after okay. it. So when when things would be bad for me, that was more of a um, uh, release mechanism, I suppose. Yeah, so uh, this uh, was a behaviour you would engage in before Luxembourg yes. at times in your life. Okay, yes. okay. So uh, I had... I had gotten better from that because I felt like when I was here, I had a lot of things under control. My yeah. my life was, you know, in a in a way, you know, work stress is different to emotional uh, yes. and and mental pain. I didn't have any emotional and mental pain, um, for for years. So yes. there wasn't a behavior that I had engaged in 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 quite a long time. But yeah, your internals were quite yeah, they were steady. healthy. Yeah, yes. exactly. My yes. mental state was healthy. Yes. Um. So. There was no need for me to really have that okay. as a crutch. But years before, um, it was a behaviour uh, that I had uh, for different types of stressors, uh, from different stressors. Not, I mean, I, I can't really remember exactly the specifics of the stressors, but I know yes. that if it's something that I did, I was stressed out about something. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely, body confidence was something that... Um, that I had struggled I think it's something that I struggled with uh, most of my life I'd say yes Um, and if that was actually probably it now that I think of it was probably just mostly to do with my view of my body mm. um, and how I felt about that 
Um, and there was a situation between us where, where we did have, a, you know, conflict and we didn't speak for about two weeks, I think. And I had mentioned it. Yeah, myself yeah. and my ex-boyfriend. And I had mentioned it um, and said the the fallout was that you know he couldn't understand too why I wasn't comfortable in my own skin and comfortable yes. with my body and I was covering myself up and I didn't want anybody to see me without clothes on yes um and he didn't understand why because to me I was perfect for him yeah do you know well, what you told me about this story was correct me when I go wrong here but yourself and your ex-boyfriend were together and you start to get really self-conscious as you said you've had periods it's normal to be self-conscious we're all at times but this period you were extremely self-conscious uh, about your body and you um didn't want to be together with him physically or intimately during this time because you were like a very short time you were like he was like maybe we should take a break or you someone was like maybe she would take a break for a few weeks yeah so that was going on and of course that would have been very worrying and traumatic that you're having a, a, a couple of week break from your your partner whoa that's like crazy worrying and traumatic so during that time were you engaging in this behavior the bulimia to you know make yourself feel better about your body is that what was going on yeah definitely and then it got to a stage where you were like i gotta tell i gotta tell him yeah yeah well uh it got to a stage where I was afraid then that the relationship the relationship would end after the break and I was like yeah, oh my yeah, god Ashley you need to fucking sorry no, no, for fine. the language but no. I was like you need to fucking just tell the truth here yes, and you need to of course. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. need to um say out exactly what your what your problem is and what your fears are and yes, what your frustration brave, is well, super vulnerable so then I was like okay fine, bite the bullet uh, <laughs> of course. just uh, tell them and the reaction was no reaction. Yeah, so you're when then going him, and like this, as you said, like fair play to you for sharing this because I can imagine, you know, the, the feelings of shame, but this is why you're so brave and vulnerable uh, to say out this, all of this uh, in front of everyone here and everyone who knows you, who will listen to this mm. and, and expose yourself. But this is how we grow stronger is is saying out everything that we're shameful for uh, etc and so on and uh, Roshin has um, taught me an awful lot about that so you're now going to your most important pretty much the most important person in the world to you at the yeah. time and you're going to tell him which in your mind I mean I listen to your story about blame me and stuff like that and I don't feel I don't judge you at all and I don't I know it's a, it is a big deal but I'm like people are doing all types of stuff everywhere mm. all the time but I know if I was in your shoes at that time I would be thinking this is the worst thing in the world and I feel how am I going to tell and if I tell him this what is he going to think of me is he going to break up with me yeah. what's going to happen so you're in this I would be so afraid I would yeah. be petrified yeah so the fact that you were willing to do that yeah put yourself on the line there because I felt Connor that there was no if if the if the ultimate thing was to um for us to break up that was as if I was going to die anyway mm. so I, I said no choice then, I, yeah. I'm going to have to say this because yeah, yeah. so when I did say it then there was um the reaction was no reaction really it was yeah. um you know just met and more so uh quite coldly um and 
I'm not, I'm not going to say disbelieving, but um, yeah. almost just kind of like uh, brushed off. Now, see, I can't, I can't say that there was anything wrong with that response because perhaps that person, if you tell something to somebody and they don't have the right tools to respond uh, in a way that's... Um, helpful or comforting to you because yeah. they might they might not have those those tools to do that they just yeah. may not know how to respond to that yes. so at the time i was like oh my god how can somebody how can somebody not even give you any reaction so he basically that? was just brushed it off brushed it off you told him this your deepest darkest secret and you just brushed it off yes All right okay yeah exactly so in any case con um the relationship just got back on track anyway. Um, mm. And then nothing was said ever Oh, more. okay. So he brushed it off and then... But then what? Did he give you a bit of support? Or, or well, like what, how did it get I think back we just... Re- to be honest, it's so long ago. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't it, matter. It, 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 the relationship, in a way, just reconciled. Oh, and, right, okay. and we we got back together. Okay, okay. And everything was just hunky-dory then. And yeah, so yeah. nothing more ever was said about it. So right, okay. I didn't also want to bring it up again because... Of course, yeah. I I just didn't want to rock the boat, so to speak, yeah. really. So, so so now years later, you're living together in a new country, mm. and now you're doing this. You've told them years or whenever before, but now you're doing it in secret in the same house as the, as your ex boyfriend. So this is really a big disconnect now, isn't it? That yeah. You, this is you can tell that this is cracks are happening now that you're engaging in a secretive behavior in the same house mm. because your relationship has progressed. You're living together now, mm. but. There's a fracture there because before you were so honest. Now I understand why you can't be honest now because you didn't uh, uh, get the support. I yes, needed. exactly. But yeah. but that that's a big red flag, isn't it? Being yeah. in the same house as your partner and going through this real secretive behavior. Yes, definitely. So um, I would I would do that while he was away at work. Yeah. Um, during the day. I mean, I would go out, uh, you know, early in the morning as soon as he left. Go out yes. and get all my stuff. Yes. Do my do my thing during the day, and then have everything cleaned up by the time yeah, that yeah, he got yeah. home. So yes. according to him, everything was normal yeah, for me. Yeah. Do you know? So another thing that I just want to say, you know, at the time, you know, he was encouraging me in the way that he knew and he was still young at the stage too and you know didn't know fully the extent of the pain that i was feeling inside yeah. um, and certainly didn't know about the bulimia that's for sure mm. um so i mean it, con in in a, in a lot of self-reflection that i've had to do yes um you know well, what you're what you're referring to there in terms of the encouragement is that this boyfriend is like a lot of people in that he's into money into status into living a nice lifestyle and you had had left your big uh job here in dublin your studio and now you've moved online but you're starting a completely new business mm. so when you're starting a new business things are rocky in the beginning yeah. you know you, you're not you, you're not making a lot of money sometimes you have to spend money to make money sometimes you might be losing money so you're now gone from this really good uh, job to this rocky job yeah where it's unclear it's a completely new thing you're in a new country yeah. and you and also it's difficult for people when you're working online and work from home 
it's not traditional so people are not used to it's difficult to see the work that you're doing whereas yeah. when you're going out to a nine-to-five job it's obvious yes you're that doing you're, that something. you're working <laughs> so this ex-boyfriend was when you say encouraging you i don't know if encourage is the right word for what you described to me but is, is am i on the no, right track yeah here? you are on the right track <laughs> but, but I, what i have to say connor is is that i said you know um encouraging me in the only way that he knew that he was encouraged so again in this traditional sense the way that you would be encouraged by you know Irish parents the same way that um well my my parents have always supported me in everything I've done but would still be in that era of uh encouraging you to be with their idea of success successful you know they all have their own idea of what it is to be successful so I suppose I was being encouraged in the way of what he thought the idea of success was in his mind yeah not what i was capable of doing or the way that i could make myself successful with the with the skills and the tools that i had but i felt i felt the encouragement to move into a a profession or a lifestyle well yeah explain i'm i don't quite get it explain uh what you mean this encouragement what are some like what would he be saying to you um encouraging me to go out and look for a job uh printing right. off cvs for me to go out and hand them out okay um but you uh, had a job you had I a did business have a job. this, this, this is, is the, the thing. thing like yes yes so you were working on it it wasn't successful at that time because you could just completely started a new like it was the healthy coaches yeah. it's a completely new transition yeah from working in classes and groups to working online individually one-on-one mm. it's completely different so but he didn't quite get that didn't quite get that and then also was encouraging me you know to maybe go back to doing booty camp uh mm. classes but con it was i was it was such a foreign concept for me when i didn't even have a, a, an initial community um around me or initially be integrated into some sort of a community where I could maybe share these ideas with people I was just basically yeah. told to do it and, and get back on, your, on the wagon and you were on your own now as well because we were not working together yeah um, oh my god the loss of the loss of you actually yes. that, that's sorry in, in all of this of is, was a huge massive yes, and also Roisin you were working very closely with Roisin now you were still, yeah, working, with still Roisin working with Roisin remotely yes but before you were working with us on a day-to-day basis yeah and now we were not you were not doing that anymore and you were really on your own when it comes to your work life you were pretty much on your own yeah you had to get your own you were not you you were the business yes just ashling coach ashling had her own business now yes not, yes yes you were part of that you are a part of the healthy coaches we were started our podcast mm. things were rocking along that way mm. but in terms of you making money and getting clients you were all relying on your own now just my own little my just myself yes yeah it was just my it felt like my own little just my own little enterprise yeah that's now. a that's a huge transition yeah. like so already con when you start something new like that and you start a new business you have all of the pressures to make it successful yourself but you have all the pressures to you know tell your parents that you're doing well that you uh, are running a successful business you're making the money you need to make all that stuff yes so uh mix that with the pressure of somebody telling you to get a to get a job in luxembourg uh, well well what you explained to me was your ex-boyfriend started to get frustrated maybe that's a light word with the fact that you were now not as successful 
this. Well, actually, you just hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. yeah, it was comparing the success that I had in Ireland to the success now that I had in yes. Luxembourg. Yes. So uh, there was a lot of frustration there that I basically yeah. wasn't like actualizing my talents in Luxembourg yes. like I was here. Yes. So Which again, I know I keep starting here, but it's just so freaking crazy to say that. I mean, you've actually moved countries for this guy, like. What does he expect? He had his job set up. Do you know, it, it drives me a little bit... I get angry thinking about it. I'm very angry. Because this guy... Like, he's in the same bloody company. Is he? Is it the same brand or is it a new company? It doesn't matter anyway. He he decides to move to a new country. He Before he moves there, he has a job set up. He has all his little ducks in order. Mm. Yeah? yeah? He has all his things in order. And you're there following along... Uh, you know, and that's that's good. We our, our partners are our number one priority. But how can you have all your bloody ducks in order mm, when he yeah. when he's the one doing all this? You're he's setting it all up. He has his job in order. He has this, that, and the other. You're tra- you're making this huge life transitions. Let's be honest for him. So yeah. and now he's not giving you the space and the time you need to figure stuff out. Like it, it, it makes me really angry to be honest. Mm, yeah, it, it's crazy, really. Yeah, but look. Do you know what, Con? I felt um, that uh, in order to alleviate the pressure between us in the relationship um, and uh, for myself to get out and start talking to people and build my own little community, I thought the best thing for me to do then was to go and get a job, a part-time job in a cafe. Okay. You know, in a coffee shop, cafe style thing where all I wanted to do was... doing work wasn't really interesting to me as in apart from the healthy coaches because that's all I've ever wanted to do so I wanted to do something that would be completely different that wouldn't be taxing on me mentally um, and that would give me the comfort then of speaking to people and customers so I thought coffee job is the the way to go so I decided then one day um, to go out I think it was probably in mid-January or something anyway all I know is it was a really cold day I can remember that it was I was freezing was this soon after you'd moved over you moved over November and already in January you were yeah in about January wow. I'd say it was probably towards the end of January yeah okay. yeah it must have been because it was very cold outside yeah. I remember and it was it wasn't too long after I'd moved over there I had to kind of get my ass in gear yes. uh, pretty quickly so I think it was around towards the end of January. Anyway, I decided to go out. Uh, I had like, I don't know, 16 CVs printed off. Yes. Um. So I went around um, Luxembourg handing out these CVs into bars, cafes, restaurants. And um, <laughs> it was so funny. So I would go into these bars and restaurants and the first thing that they would ask was Palais Francais. Yeah. And I have not a... F- flipping bean of French in my head <laughs> so I'd be like hey no not really just on petit peu <laughs> uh, a little bit yeah the, just on uh, petit peu uh, and so uh, obviously <laughs> they would know looking at me gone, this girl doesn't, doesn't yeah. have a clue what she's talking about yes so anyway um, I felt like I was probably rejected from those places um, on on uh, on the spot really because you do need to have it's very important for you to speak French in a, in a coffee shop job because yeah. you're interacting with the public all the time. Yes. So anyway, I had one CV left, right? Mm-hmm. I was going around the city um, and I was like, oh, fuck this. I just want to go home now. Yeah. And uh, I'm sick of this now. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was walking back up to my bus stop uh-huh. and 
I went up the wrong way to the bus stop. I missed I missed a street and went up another street. So anyway, I was walking up that street and I said, oh, where the fuck am I now? I have no idea. Yeah. So anyway, to my right, as I walked up a little bit more, there was this coffee shop called Coffee Fellows. Okay. So one CV left in the hand, <laughs> <laughs> last oh, coffee shop. Oh, I, I was like, last ditch effort. Yes. Okay, I'll go in there and give him my CV. Yeah. So... Um, walked in and there was nobody in there there was three people behind, behind the counter and I walked in and they all just looked at me and I was like hey <laughs> <laughs> I was like um, uh, I was like can I leave my CV please yeah. and uh, one of the guys just said yeah he was like you can give it to me right. and uh, do you speak French and I was like <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not really I'm <laughs> oh whatever it is so he was like okay I'll hand uh, it to the manager anyway um, yeah. so I was like thank you bye uh-huh. and uh, then I went home uh, and it was the next day I think um, in actual fact I got a call that evening sorry I got a call that evening from a bar that I had gone into with my CV called okay. Urban huh. right now I didn't want to work in a bar because I didn't want to be around you know drunk yeah. people and I really just wanted to work not in a coffee shop scene, yeah. not my scene and then Fine having to deal people. with messy people and all that stuff so but yeah. I was desperate I would have taken it still <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fair enough, fair so enough. but anyway it wasn't ideal so I said uh, I was I was going in for a trial uh, this I probably got a call around Tuesday and I was called in to go for a trial in this place on Ooh. Friday night or something okay. so look happy to have something but not delighted really that I was um, yeah. on a Friday night in a bar so yeah. uh, then the next day I got a call and it was the manager of Coffee Fellows and uh, he said, are you available to have an interview? And I said, yeah. I was like, absolutely. Um, I said, just tell me where and mm. when and mm. uh, I'll meet you there. So, so speak, the, manager, the manager speaks English and all, is it? manager speaks, Obviously, he was yeah. Greek. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So, um, Dimitrios. Uh, <laughs> Dimitri. Dimitri. No, that's uh, Russian. I, yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh. So, uh, met him then uh, one evening that week. Uh, went down to the central central coffee shop the biggest so the biggest coffee shop that they had the central yeah. coffee fellows yeah and um, I was waiting around she was about a half an hour late so I was just sitting down with my coffee yeah. and he walks in with his little bulldog this uh-huh. this big uh, he was and uh, just digressing here a little bit but I'm just trying to paint the picture so he walks in with his little bulldog and he was this big big stature of a man uh, yeah. almost like a Greek god walking in oh. right <laughs> so I'm telling you and uh, so I was sitting over in the corner and um, he came over and he was like are you Miss Ashling?" and I said <laughs> <laughs> Miss Ashling, that's funny Miss Aisling uh, um, right. and I, I am, said I am her <laughs> I am her I am me <laughs> I am me um, <laughs> so anyway we sat down and uh, just had a just had a chat and um, right. I told him it's so funny I w- went in talking about all the stuff that I had done in booty and, all like, the nothing. coffee stars you worked in all the, co- <laughs> all the, all the co- coffees you've made <laughs> for, your, for your mother so <laughs> uh, I used to make coffee for my yeah. brother in the studio I love a cappuccino <laughs> so absolutely uh, no experience uh, so he said um 
all right, so you've never worked in a coffee shop before. Yeah. And I said, uh, no, but I said I can definitely learn very fast. And yeah. he said, so you speak French then? Oui, oui, oui. So I said, oui, oui, uh, uh, petit peu. Uh. So uh, he said, okay, you obviously don't speak French. So yes. um, he said, uh, are you willing to learn French? Yeah. Oh, I said, I'm, I, I was like, I'm going to, I was like, I'm going to set class up next week. <laughs> so, so desperate. Oh my God, smell it desperate. So, yeah. So uh, he was like, uh, "Do you promise that you're gonna learn French?" And I said, mm. "Yeah, I said a hundred percent." Wow, talk you know, about accountability right there. So Jeez, anyway, uh, he said, "Why don't you come in for uh, a trial? You yeah. can come in next week. We'll set it up. Come in on a Tuesday. You can come in here. You can work for a day. We'll see how yes. you work, and then we'll go from there." So. Uh, went to the coffee shop then the next week and you have uh, zero experience sir- as a server <laughs> that's hilarious Zippo. oh nothing. my god no French no experience nothing. no that's pretty wild sure didn't have been what was yes, going on that's very wild uh, so I went in anyways um, and this is in the central <laughs> coffee shop so it's right beside central station so it was mad busy okay so uh, what they did was they they put me on the um, they put me on the coffee machine with a helper so with okay. one of the really experienced people and Okay. You'd be making the milk one side and they'd be doing all the shots, right? Yeah. So uh, you'd just be uh, finishing off the drink for them. Mm. Anyway, so listen, uh, I... Listen, I have no problem saying this. I did a fucking stellar job <laughs> the day that I was in there. Really? Ah, stop. Sure, I was, I was, I was running around the shop collecting all the glass. There was oh, not, there was yeah. not a, sh- there was not a. <laughs> you were putting on your best performance. Putting on my best performance. You played a blinder. Played a blinder. <laughs> played a blinder, Paddy Hughes. Uh, so, um, yeah, just put it, just put my heart and soul into that trial, so they would, yes. uh, they'd have no option but to hire me. Because right. I mean, you know, be so good they can't. Ignore be so good they can't. Be so good they can't say no. <laughs> so anyway, um, I, uh, I got the job. I fast forward a little bit. I got the job anyway in there, and uh, but it yeah. was a full time position. There was no part time position, so it was Whoa. a full time position. Thrown in the deep end. Thrown in the deep end. It was full time position. So, uh, I had to accept a con because I wasn't surviving the other way. So I had yeah, to accept yeah, a full-time yeah, yeah, position. Yeah. So it was my only chance at surviving yes, then. Yes, yes. Um, so, I basically con uh, was keeping the healthy coaches going for a while, but yeah. it was too taxing to do both of, course, of them together. Yeah. And I was already unwell. Uh, yes. I was already mentally unwell, yeah. um. So trying to trying to juggle all of that together, it was mm. it was just it just floored uh, me. Yeah, so, stop, yeah. so I just stick stuck with the coffee job, um. Yeah. For the and first the healthy well. coaches would always be there. Yeah, like, exactly. Like it's not there's no overheads. <clears throat> That's the great thing about the moving to online coaching is that you've no overheads. Exactly. You're, all you need is a is a phone. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know? So, so you can leave it down and pick it up whenever and your clients will always be there too you build a relationship with your clients and sometimes you have to take a break and, and they'll be there too and yeah so you can yeah. take a break is the gist 100% um, so then Con uh, I was working in the coffee shop full time and uh, this was this I suppose was still not satisfactory you know that I was working in the coffee shop now I had gone from setting yeah. up uh, success, two successful businesses in Ireland yeah. um, 
managing a studio yes um then going to luxembourg and going from all of that then to working in a coffee shop yes now can we take a small break yeah into this part 